Is it hot enough for you? No, I'm just kidding. Of course, it's been hot enough for you. Some of the folks here on the East Coast have gotten a little bit of relief. Anyway, hello there. It is the Encore Podcast. I'm Chris McCoy, and she is Gab. And Gab, are you feeling the relief yet? Not yet. I did get up around 6 a.m. a couple of days to get some runs in before it got too hot. And it was like 78 degrees at 6 a.m., which is just the small relief was the fact that the sun was just then rising. So yeah. like it wasn't as intense, but whew, I don't think I've sweat like that since last September, maybe. Yeah, well, you, you live in Manhattan. I mean, that that is like a concrete jungle anyway. That holds the heat in. So out here in the suburbs, it hasn't been a whole lot better. Like, for example, I keep thinking I'm going to mow my lawn. So anyway, I've got all my batteries all energized for the lawnmower and the weed whacker and all that. And I, I keep going out there in the morning and going, you know what? I think I'm going to wait till tomorrow. Meanwhile, my grass is like up about mid-calf. I feel like you should get a pass in weather like this. It's a hot. Like I think about going outside and I start sweating. The guys, the professional lawnmower, I mean, they're out there, but that doesn't mean I have to do it. I'm retired <laughs> after all. Did I mention that? <laughs> no, oh, I think this is the first time I'm hearing about that. Only every episode. <laughs> <laughs> Our Phillies and I, you know, you and I are both Phillies fans and for those of you who aren't, please just stand by while we talk about our favorite team who is, they're just maddening. They're just absolutely, they come back from the all-star break and lose three straight to the Chicago Cubs who aren't even in the cellar. There is one level beyond basement in the Six national feet under. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how bad the Cubs are. Mm -hmm. And that's how bad the Phillies are. One series, they look like world beaters. And then the next series, they look like they've been beaten by a little league team. It's just so maddening. And they have those guys at the corner in the outfield who really, I'm talking about left and right field, of course, these guys are designated hitters who are actually playing in the outfield, probably shouldn't be. But even the one designated hitter has really not come up to his normal speed yet. And I'm talking about Castellanos. What are we going to do? I mean, the trade deadline is coming up next week. I don't think they can be sellers. I think it's premature to say that they should try to trade Castellanos. I think the best things that the Phillies could do is broker some sort of trade that brings them a combination of two of three positions, which is third base, outfield, specifically center field, and a starting pitcher. We need a four or five. The, what they have going on right now is just not working. It's really frustrating that every seemingly every all-star break they come back from, they act like they've never played baseball before in their lives. And, the, you know, and this is how they started the season too, right? It, like classic, like yeah. they went what two and eight for their first 10 games this year. It was like something so horrendous that they were almost an unrecognizable team in a good way about six weeks after that start. Mm -hmm. So I don't want them to take six weeks again to get back to how they were playing but I'm just not sure if they like are shaking off the cobwebs. I think that the infighting between Cassiano's not really producing for us right now and the fans feeling rightfully frustrated. And now the drama that's ensuing between the Philadelphia sports writers and Cassiano's and, you know, the snide remark um, that he made about not hearing the booze. And, you know, now there's a debate about whether or not the video was cut or edited or whatever. But I think the bottom line is, it's getting a bit old when we really looked like we were poised to have a dog in the hunt going into the all-star break. And 
I think they really need to re-examine themselves and find that team cohesion again. And we're, we're on, you know, the end of July now and Gene Segura and Bryce Harper are weeks from coming back. You know, they deserve to come back to a team that's in the hunt for a playoff spot. Yeah. But, you know, then again, you've got, you know, teams like the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Houston Astros and all these teams are extra elite. Those are the teams that are going to be there in October. And, you know, you just look at this Phillies team and you, and you can know, even if, even if they go on a tear and win five or six in a row, you know, that at the end of that, what's coming is another downturn and they're just not consistent at all. There's talk about them, you know, uh, Reese Hoskins, the first baseman is going to be a free agent next. I mean, I think after this season, now I've been hearing talk about trading Reese Hoskins. He's one of their best hitters right now. One of their most consistent hitters right now. What are they going to trade him for? A third starter? I don't know. It just seems to me that there aren't any real good options out there right now. They, uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm not in charge. How about you? It's funny because you sound just like my dad. So I think this is a little bit of a generational divide or uh, I don't know, maybe being a Philadelphia fan has just worn you down this much that you're like first side of trouble. You're like, yeah, this seems typical. I'm going to disengage. But I know that you brought up the elite teams that the Phillies could potentially face in the playoffs. But I think in 08, that team was not an elite team. That team just got really hot at the right time, which I think is definitely part of it. Even if they don't go very far in the playoffs, I'd rather see them make it because then next year they can be like, you know what? We made it last year and now we can do better, which is kind of how it went from 07 to 08. They made it right at the end. They got swept out of the first round. And then the next year they came back and won the World Series. Some progress is better than no progress. Mailing it in at the end of July, August, because you know, you've decided that we can't beat the teams that'll be in there. It's just, it's, I don't want that for my athletes. And if that's how the Phillies feel, I'd like, I'd like some names because, uh, you know, I think the fans should let them know that that's not acceptable. Well, I, I don't know if your dad, I haven't given up on them. I, they, they make me mad as hell. Yeah. You know, I mean, I really get disgusted. Sometimes I just have to turn the games off. You know, I can tell early on, usually they're not going to win this game. And I can usually tell that by the, by, by two at bats. I can usually tell that you sound so much like my dad right now. I'll get a text like in the third <laughs> inning being like, ah, this game's over. And then they they'll come back and win. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm time stamping these. Yeah. <laughs> well, your, your dad is a, is a very smart baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel lucky to be in the, in the same club with him. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, on a different topic. We just watched on Netflix, uh, the new movie that was just released called the gray man. I highly recommend it. If you have a lot of popcorn laying around the house and you like action thrillers, man, this is it. Chris Evans. I'm trying to think of the other, the other actor. Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Ryan Gosling for two of the best looking leading men in movies these days. One is a real baddie and the other is a real goodie. Who's also a real badass. I mean, you know, they're, they're, this movie should have been called the two badasses, you know, <laughs> But anyway, if you like action and, and you like the comfort of your own couch. It's hot out there. Yeah, really. Stay inside. Yeah, true. Well, if you go to a theater, it, it'll be That's you know, true. nice and cool too. Uh, but anyway, I highly recommend that. How about you? Anything you've seen recently or is, that's coming up that you could, would recommend? 
Yeah. So I just wanted to say first that I guess Ryan Gosling feels like he needs to play a couple of badasses before he plays Ken in the Barbie movie next year. And I'm very excited for that. By the way, by the way, there is a reference to Ken to the is Ken doll in this movie. <laughs> it is. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I wonder if that was done on purpose. I hope it was because that what an, what an awesome connection that would be. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> So I guess he's got to play a couple of badasses before he gets to play Ken, who's a badass in a, in a different way, I guess. Um, or maybe Barbie <laughs> is the badass in that movie. We'll, we'll find out. I am trying to go see Jordan Peele's new movie, Nope, this weekend. So I'll report back on the next episode once I see it. But it's shrouded in mystery, has a really cool cast, and it just makes me want to go see it. I loved Get Out. I thought Us was okay, and I think his third effort is going to be you know, what do they say? Third time's a charm. Yeah. We've been to the movie theater a couple of times in the last month or so month and a half. And I've seen, uh, I've seen the trailer for this movie. Nope. Several times. And I'm not sure that I want to go out to the theater to see it or not, but uh, so I'll be looking forward to your review that may change my mind. So anyway, uh, coming up, uh, our interview in just a few moments is another person that I've worked with. She is someone who was kind of, um, she was kind of a backup to Candy Roth, who was my regular everyday traffic reporter slash someone, yeah, someone that I would bounce things off of. Candy was really good at that. And so was Susie Cerrone. She's coming up next. We're going to talk to Suze here on the Encore Podcast next. All right. Uh, as I mentioned on the other side of the break there, I've worked with some very interesting people down through the years. Luckily for me, because each and every one of them made me sound better than I actually was over the entire almost 47 year span of my radio career. And I'm not kidding about that. I'm not just saying that to butter Susie Cerrone up here, because uh, Susie is one of those people that I worked with, not on an everyday basis. She was actually, what would you say, Suze? Was you, I am the utility hitter. Yeah, there you go. You're the bench player from heaven. <laughs> yeah. You were, well, at least you were for me anyway. Oh, yeah. I, f- I fill in for like 25 people. So no two weeks are the same. Yeah. That's uh, how do you keep everything straight? I mean, do you have like little post-it notes all over your, your little studio there or what? What do you do? I, back in the day, I literally, I work like a geek. Don't laugh, Gabby. I had index cards and each station would have an index card. It would say W fa fa fa, And it would have the hotline. It would have who the jock was, what the format was. I would write what the intro was, what the outro was, little, little notes. And I had that for every station and I had paper copies of every single person that I filled in for. Mm -hmm. And I would just keep it all together. And I, I still have them. You do like a, like a scrapbook type of thing or (laughs) Well, I don't know if it's a scrapbook, but you know, it's, it's pretty gnarly right now, but I just, you know, no, just stuff like that. I'm very type A when I work with the advent of technology, it's harder to make a mistake, believe it or not. Well, yeah, well, that's a good thing. Technology can be a good thing sometimes, but when it Mm -hmm. goes bad, when it goes bad, it really goes bad. It's a, it's a fear that people just don't get. Right. That's true. That is so true. So when we work together, the name of the company has changed so many times. What is the name of the company you work for? When I first started, which was 35 years ago last week, 
it was metro traffic control, but I started in, I moved to Orlando and I started in Orlando and one person owed metro traffic control. And then I think it was, was it called Clear Channel? And then it's iHeartRadio. So technically it's iHeartRadio, but the division I work for is total traffic and weather. So basically we're a service. If you're a radio station and say, I want a sidekick, but I don't want to have to pay for a sidekick. <laughs> I want someone to do horoscopes or entertainment or weather or news. We do everything. So we're a service. When I worked with you, when I was in New Brunswick doing the morning show there at WMGQ, you provided traffic for us. Yes. You, you were also one of those people that like four times an hour, if you had the time, and I know you were always on a really tight schedule. <laughs> But if you had the time, I could like bounce something off of you either before or preferably after your traffic report, mm -hmm. which was really because I really didn't have a sidekick there. Uh, you know, you were one of those people that saved the company money that I worked for. There you go. <laughs> you, were, you and Candy Roth, who is was, I guess, the main uh, reporter mm -hmm. that, that I had. But we never lost a beat when Candy was off and you were in. And that's one of oh. the... Thanks. That's one of the great things I appreciated about you. Uh, not everybody was that what I could say that about. But yes, you, you definitely, Suze. No doubt about that. So, so these days, like you're doing aside from traffic and news and all of that, you're also providing sort of like celebrity kind of stuff and things like that. Did I hear that right? Yeah, there's someone I fill in for and they don't have a woman anymore. So, yep, I do horoscopes. I do two entertainment reports, uh, you know, host chat, but it, it's fun. It's fun. I was going to ask you, do you like that? I mean, do you like that? I aspect? do like that because yeah. I have an opinion about everything, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and, and let me tell you something that is what makes you so good at what you do because you have an opinion and you're not shy about sharing. That's one of the things I appreciated about you. I mean, you know, some people, I just couldn't interact with everybody. Exactly. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. You're one of those, you're, you're one of those good people. The opinions kept on coming every morning, just like there you go. But if someone wants it straight, you know, we're service, you know, it's like being a server, tell me what you'd like and we'll do it. I heard you mention that you, uh, been doing this for like some 35 years. It's hard to believe you must have been what, eight or nine? I was five. very young. Yes. Let's go way back to the beginning. Okay. Where, whenever that was, mm -hmm. when did the bug bite you? It bit me early. I grew up in, I lived in the Bronx till I was 10 and the media was a lot less saturated than it is now. There were like two or three or four radio stations. There was maybe a handful of TV stations. And I just thought that was just so much fun, not necessarily to be on the radio or TV, but just to be associated with that and work in that kind of environment. I just thought that was the coolest thing. And I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I went to school for that. But in New York, I don't have to tell you, Gabby, it's all who you know. And I didn't know anyone. So things happened and I moved to Florida and I literally saw an ad in the paper, literally. And I called and I went for the interview. Don't laugh, Gabby. I started at $4 an hour working oh a split shift. And I just helped the reporters. I answered the phone. I slated the reports. I'd hand them the commercials. I mean, you can't start lower than I started, but I loved it. And they were paying you $4 an hour to learn, to learn the, yep. uh, to learn the ropes. I mean, that's the way I looked at it because when I first started, my first job in radio, Suze, mm -hmm. 
I brought home after taxes $63.75 <gasps> a week. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was. Um, well, of course, that was way back in 1974. Oh, but, wow. But still, I mean, you know, even in today's dollars, what's that? How much is that? Like maybe uh, 150 bucks a week? Right. I mean, most people don't go into this to get rich. (laughs) That's true. That is true. Uh, And the other part of it is, is that, you know, just keeping the job from day to day can be a full time job as well. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So there you are now. You're in New York. Right. And you and I were talking, uh, we're we're texting or something uh, last week when we were talking about doing this. And you made a statement that I was your your second favorite jock to work with. Now, I have to know who your first favorite jock is. Well, you're you're definitely in the top five. I would say the first person. I don't know if you you may know him. You may not. Do you know Jay Michaels? Jay Michaels. Jay Michaels was the morning man for years at WFAS in Westchester County. Mm -hmm. And he left there maybe 10 or so years ago. And he went to Weeby 108 in Connecticut. And he recently retired, I think about a year or two ago. He was like you. It just it just came out of him like it comes out of you. Like they don't say, oh, I'm going to sound like this or it just flowed out of them. And in my experience, the best people to work for are people like that, that it just comes out of. Now he's retired as well. Yes. Now we have to make sure that he hears this because we want to make sure that Jay gets that shout out. I know. Being a retired guy myself now for about a year, if anyone was to shout out my name on a podcast, I certainly want to know about it. Yeah, I will. I'm friends with him on Facebook. He doesn't post very much, but I will have to get word to him. But he's definitely right up there, as are you. Okay. well, hey, Jay, nice to make your acquaintance. Yeah. (laughs) Through Susie Cerrone, a mutual friend. What what's your day like? I mean, I know that you they put you on different shifts whenever they need you to work a different shift. Is that right? Every day is different. Like we were talking before and I got a text about an hour ago. So-and-so is sick again. Can you cover her tomorrow? And I'm like, yep. People can put in for vacation and I'll get emailed. Hey, can you do this on this day? So I have literally like three books. So when I get booked for something, I put the person, I put the date it was booked. Literally, sometimes I wake up and I'm like, what day is today? (laughs) Like I knew I had to get up at four today and I'm getting up at four again tomorrow, but then I'm off Thursday and then I work Friday morning and then I work every Saturday, but I'm done by like 1130 and it's from home. Fantastic. (laughs) Never in a million years, Chris McCoy, did I think I could do this from home. I know. I, I, oh. In California for the last year and a half that I was there working on the radio, I did mm-hmm. it in my bedroom upstairs. So I get that. I totally get Right? That. Yeah. What I was wondering was you have talked about wearing so many different hats and really being adaptable to a bunch of different personalities and roles that you're kind of stepping into. I feel like in, in the time now, what's asked of people in media is to be more specialized because the more specialized you are, the more they can broadcast you to a certain group. Do you find that you come up against something like that? And if you do, like, what is your key to staying so malleable and so adaptable into all these different roles? I really like what I do, Gabby. And to me, it's fun. Like I get paid to talk, which is, which is great. I mean, I really enjoy it, you know, and it's not like 
I'm in the air conditioning, I'm home, or even if we were in the office, you know, I'm sitting down if I want to go make a cup of coffee. You know, if I have time, I can. If I'm stressed out and need to walk a couple of flights of stairs in the office building, I would. And also, I think when the recession hit in 2008 and the economy was really bad, my company had some layoffs and I was one of them. And I was crushed. I was, but it was, you know, it was purely financial. It wasn't me. But I was like, what am I going to do? I'm almost 50. What am I going to do? And luckily they rehired me within a year. And let me tell you something, Gabby, when I went back, I was bound and determined I'm going to be the best employee. If you're not 10 minutes early, you're late. My phone is literally always on. You know, if it's something you really like to do, even if it's something you're not crazy about, I tell my daughter, if you're not 10 minutes early or late, be the best employee while you're on company time. You can complain all you want later, but while you're on their time, you know, do the best that you can. Well, you mentioned Mia. Now, the last time I worked with you, I think Mia was a middle schooler. Oh, Mia's what? 24, Chris. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. How's she doing? COVID wasn't that good for her. Yeah. Uh, she works full time and she just got a promotion. But, you know, she's, she's 24. Things are different now. You know, her car died on my birthday. And your birthday's in the middle of winter, if I recall. That's right. December yeah. 16th. Yeah. 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 That was a lot of fun. Sharing a car for like four months was a lot of fun. Right? I've had times when you and I would coordinate and you'd say, okay, I'm coming to you at 23. Mm -hmm. And I had to do a certain station live before you. And they would talk and talk and you have a digital clock in front of you. And I'm like, oh no, just the stress of it sometimes. I mean, I know it's not like doctor kind of stress. No one's going to die, but the stress, because you want to keep everyone happy. You know, it's just like that kind of stress where it's like mental stress sometimes at the end sure. of the shift, like even on Saturdays, I'll just have to walk for half an hour before I do anything because mentally it's so, <laughs> um, case in point, when I do one of our big New York City iHeart stations, mm -hmm. it goes over this system. So on my end, it looks like I sent it and I get a text because, you know, of course, everything is text now from the producer. Hey, I didn't get it. And I'm like, um, I sent it. I didn't get it. And it's just the system. It's not me. So again, like you said, Chris, you have to find an engineer and it could be six or seven in the morning. and. Right. You know, I mean, I am not technical whatsoever. I still have a flip phone. You know, it, it's a huge client for one of our sister stations. And I'm like, but I really sent it. I really <laughs> sent it. And they'll, and then half an hour later, he'll be like, oh, yeah, we had an engineer hit reset. We got it. Oh. It's just that kind of mental stress that the average person has no idea. I love the fact that you just described the stress as like, I'm not a doctor. No one's going to die. Because whenever I've had a boss who has said that to me in my media job, I immediately find myself taking a breath and being like, okay, no one is going to die. Like, right. To solve the problem. Mm -hmm. But I was actually wondering, because I know that you guys have mentioned it a few times now, how many times did have the two of you ended up working together? Oh, gosh, Chris. Uh, Hundreds, right? I would fill in yeah. for Candy. Oh, wow. Every time Candy was off, it was, I mean, I was lucky in that respect. There's, I mean, because I've been there for so long that luckily, thank goodness, if certain people take off, it usually goes to me. Right, Chris? Hundreds of yeah, times, probably. Yeah. Well, I worked there for nine years and, you know, I worked. Candy was my my primary for nine years. Mm -hmm. so, and Candy liked 
she liked her time off and you know and who doesn't Suze, so i got to work with you uh, quite a few times so yeah all, like, all candy's vacation or sick days or whatever exactly so were you saying that you can be on like two different assignments like one right after the other oh yes at the same Gabby. Moment? oh That's- yeah Oh my God, no wonder you have to take a walk. I would be. There's, so yeah, sad. there's times, diff, you know, different people have different hours. In our company, different people have different, you know, it could be a four hour shift, a five hour shift, everything up to an eight hour shift. And people have different stations. Some may just do two, some may do six. There are sometimes I'm doing like 14 reports an hour. Oh my God. Yeah, that's crazy. That's why I said, how do you keep everything together? That's, you know. <laughs> Well, the technology does make it easier. A lot of um, a lot of stations like it emailed, which was so stressful at first, but now it's super easy. We have another program that we use that makes it really easy. Technology, like we said before, even as good as it is and as it's made jobs a lot easier, unfortunately, it's taken away some jobs as well. Yes. But, but like we said, when it goes wrong, man, it really does. Go oh, wrong. how stressful yeah. in the beginning, working from home, who's lost power or whose internet's gone out or, right. you know, your your speeds are slow. Or, I mean, there's just, oh my gosh, in the beginning, it was so stressful. But like anything, like any job, not just, you know, what we do, you know, it's an adjustment. But that is a good mantra to have, you know, whenever, whenever something really screwed up bad and, you know, whenever I screwed up bad and I'm not going to blame technology for all the screw ups, the mantra was nobody died. Exactly. But it still kind of felt bad though. Things are going to happen. Hey, nobody likes mistakes, but mistakes are going to happen. And if I make a mistake, I own it. Way back when, when I was really first getting into radio in the major market, before I got my job, one of the things that I was invited to come and check out and possibly do was traffic for some of the Philly radio stations. So I went in to, to where they were located and I was watching people do it. And I'm watching these abbreviations come up on the screen. And now, mind you, I was born and raised in the Philadelphia area. Mm-hmm. So I should be able to do traffic. You know, I know what the <laughs> roads are, but the abbreviations were like hieroglyphics. And I just, there was just no way. And that's the way it was written out. And I was watching these traffic reporters reading these hieroglyphics and then translating them instantaneously into the actual words that they should be. And now, did they write it down or was that on a computer screen? It was on a computer screen. And that was back in the days of black and green, you know, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> it just amazed me. And I thought, nope, this is not for me. <laughs> I, I don't think I could do this. To this day, I don't think I could do it. I'm just not that good at multitasking, you know? Yes, you are, because you know how to run a board. I mean, when I started, when I started way back when, we literally took notes. Mm-hmm. You know, the old-fashioned way, Gabby, we, like, wrote it down. You know, and then computers came, and, you know, in a way, it was kind of fun. Like, if stuff went down or something, it's like, old school, let's take <laughs> notes, write it down. I do want to go back to one of the first questions that we asked you. We left you in your story of you being in Florida and working for $4 an hour. But how did you end up back in the, like New York, the New York area is a major market. How did you end up back there? I learned in Florida basically without any stress because it was as low as you could start. And I learned from people, learned good things, learned from their mistakes and 
you know, slowly toned down the New York accent. And then I got to be on the air. And then, you know, I did a ton of radio stations. I did TV in Orlando for a long time. I did like all the three, you know, major stations in Florida. You know, the first time it was the CBS affiliate, WKMG Channel 6, and it was on the phone back in the day, but I had to make the maps on the computer. And then I think I did Channel 9, which was the ABC affiliate. And then I did WESH, and that was the NBC affiliate, and they had a permanently mounted camera in our studio, and they had an X for the chair. So every morning I'd come in, I'd turn the light on, you know, it was, it was super easy. But then I got married, I got divorced, I was like, I want to go back to New York, and luckily they had an opening for me in the New York area. So that's how I came back to New York in 08, no, 05, 05. I'm sad you came back without your New York accent, though. <laughs> I, I can still go very New York. I, I hang out with some friends who are f- from the Bronx. I was just with them and their accents are like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> you know, or they'll hear me and they'll say, you sound so different when you're working. And it's like, well, you know, <laughs> well, you kind of have yeah. to. Yeah. You know, I worked with a woman who uh, was from Massachusetts uh, and she had a what we call a Boston accent. Mm-hmm. And when she was on the air, there was no trace of it. But wow. When we, when we turned off the mics and we were just conversing back and forth in the studio, you know, everything was that's that was wicked cool. You know, wow. Where, you know, I gotta remember to stop at the packy on the way home and pick up a six pack, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> it's kind of interesting because you know, radio especially always wanted you to lose that local accent. They wanted everybody to sound like you were from the Midwest. At least they did back in the day. I don't know. If I honestly you know. think they still do. I know when I moved to New York, it was the late when I moved to Florida, rather, it was the late 80s. And I got all kinds of grief <laughs> for a New York accent. And I knew that if I wanted to be on the air, I really had to lose it. Well, it's funny because just think of how many New Yorkers have uh, we're listening to you down there in Orlando. I mean, Florida is like New York South. <laughs> exactly. Especially now. It sure is. What are you doing with yourself to have fun these days, Suze? Well, Chris McCoy, not this Friday, last Friday night. I saw Chicago again. I, I saw Chicago you- and Brian Wilson at Jones Beach. Everybody knows how I love Chicago. Yes, indeed. You are a huge Chicago fan and Uber fan. Yes. And yeah, I mean, I know you were also a big fan of one of their former lead singers, uh, Peter Cetera. You still follow him? Yes. Unfortunately, Peter Cetera very quietly retired a couple of years ago, but I did have the thrill of seeing him twice in the last six or seven years. He played the Wellmont in North Jersey. And I was graciously given like second or third row tickets. I took Mia to that. Yeah. And then I saw him, I think the year before COVID, he played um, the old Westbury Music Fair on Long Island, New York. And for someone who was approaching his mid-70s, he still looked and sounded fantastic. But sadly, he's retired. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, some people do know when to leave it alone. Yes. You know, and I guess <laughs> one of those and I'm one of those and we all know people like us. Did you ever get to meet any of these folks? Like I any- did. Yeah. I'm such a Chicago geek, Gabby. <laughs> well, I loved them ever since I was in junior high school and my mom 
took me to see Chicago and the Beach Boys in 1975. And it was shortly after my father died when I was 14. And it just, I mean, they're just like a huge part of my life. I know it sounds, some people have hobbies, like that's my hobby and I've always loved them. And over the year, I've years, I've probably seen them I don't know, 12 or 15 times. And in the early 2000s, I was such a geek that I joined the fan club and they would do a Vegas convention every year. And I literally flew out alone to Vegas, did the convention. And you meet other people that are into them. You go see the shows. You can interact a little bit. You get a, you can get a picture taken. My heart was just pounding. I did that for two years. And I worked for a while with Scott Shannon, who is very close to them, and he knew my geekness of them. (laughs) And a couple of years ago, when their documentary came out, he was doing a phone interview with Robert Lamb. And he's like, want to sit in on it? And I was like, Ah. yes. And he let me speak to him. Yeah, my, you know, my stations know what a geek I am. And if they interview any of the guys, they say, you know, we have this traffic person, Susie and Joel, who I know, you know, Joel's done it for me, a couple of my other stations. Well, that's so cool. I remember uh, being backstage for uh, Chicago Hall and Oates. I can't remember the third, but it doesn't matter. But we were backstage in the green room with Chicago and just what a great bunch of guys they were. They they were just so down Mm -hmm. to earth. And to me, these guys, I mean, I followed them since they were CTA, Chicago Authority. So, I mean, I remember those days and it was like, I'm in the same room with these guys that I absolutely worshipped when I was a teenager in high school. So the word is that you don't want to meet your heroes. Don't meet your heroes because they're, they're probably going to disappoint you. I got to say that Chicago was not disappointing at all. Absolutely. I did the, um, actually the year before COVID in June of 2019, again, at the, well, it's no longer called Westbury music fair. It's NYCB theater. It's on long Island. I did the meet and greet after the show. And my heart was just (laughs) pounding. Yeah. And you get to stand in between the original three members who were there, Robert Lee and Jimmy. And I just was beside myself. I just like flew home. I was so like naturally high. That's awesome. I love that. That's a hobby. That's like one of the most interesting hobbies I've ever heard of. Love me. I love music. I I love music. If it's a group that I really like, I saw Peter Frampton on his last Madison Square Garden show. I guess that's my hobby, not really sports, although I do love to walk. But yeah, music is definitely a hobby. Been a real kick for me catching up with you, Susie Cerrone. I I appreciate you taking the time to do this, especially since you just work your normal shift and everything. And sometimes there is no normal shift. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. You you just made my point for me. Yes. You know, know, it's not always something you want to do is get on someone's podcast after after you've worked all day. No, Um, to catch up with you. I miss you. You're I'm telling you, you're in the top five. Oh, wait a minute. I thought I was number two. But I'll, look, You're number I'll, two. No, but there's I don't have a top 10. I have a top five. OK, a top five. I'll, we'll just leave it at that. By the way, it's really upset that this went from two to five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, you're number two, but I don't have a top 10. I have a top five. <laughs> well, listen, you know, by the way, I want to congratulate you. That was one of the best Scott Shannon impersonations I think I've ever heard. Uh, outside of oh Scotland. thank you yeah that was that was really good Sus. keep working <laughs> keep doing it <laughs> do you do it with him by have you ever done it to him did I do it I don't know if I had the nerve I mean uh, I know I worked with a bunch mellower Scott Shannon yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> you brought the show down today. Yeah. <laughs> now he was a t- he was a t- he was he was great. He was a total gentleman. He was very nice. Yeah, I've actually been in his company a couple of times. A great guy, absolutely. I totally agree with it. And a radio god, for sure. Yes, that that gave me some cred. Saying I also worked with Scott Shannon. Really enjoyed our conversation, Susie Cerrone. Thank you so much for doing this. We appreciate me- it. Hug Gab. I miss you, Chris McCoy, Gabby. It was nice to meet you. Tell uh, tell everybody I said hi, Chris. Will it was so do. nice to meet you. It, if you have anything you'd like to promote, we'd love for our listeners to be able to listen to you. I know every day is different, but I don't know if there's anywhere we can send them. Just listen to the radio. We we uh, in our office we do the tri-state and more. Now, we, by tri-state, you mean New York, New Jersey, New York, New Connecticut. Jersey, Connecticut. Yeah. You sometimes I'm in Albany, Rochester. We have the technology these days. I used to, you know, I worked for 18 years in Orlando. I had the technology. I could do traffic tomorrow in Orlando. (laughs) I mean, we literally, we do, we cover everywhere. I mean, we could do Hawaii. We could do, I mean, anywhere you can email, we can do it. So in that part of it, the technology is amazing. Yeah, that's for sure. The the business has really changed uh, since I got into it about five or six years ago. Suze, again, thank you so much. And uh, give my love to Mia. And, uh, uh, you know, just keep on plugging, kid. I'm trying. I'm just a girl trying to make a living. (laughs) And you're doing a good job. I'm trying. Thanks. All right, Suze. Take care. Take care. Bye, guys. Well, that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed talking to her. It's been a while since uh, since I've talked to Susie Cerrone. And that kind of energy that she had there on the podcast, that's what she brought every time she was on the air and still does. So, and, you know, we didn't pay her for this, which, you know, <laughs> it's major props. I only would want that type of energy coming from the person that I was listening to on the radio, especially if they were telling me their traffic. Because it's like, if you're delivering bad news with a smile... It feels a little better. Right. Yeah. Well, she could be very empathetic, too, in her That's true. of bad news, which was good. Uh, Suze could uh, could change into that. I'm your mother, and I'm going to tell you this for your own good. <laughs> take 287 northbound, at least for the next half hour. You know, yeah. That kind of thing. So. <laughs> and I loved the Chicago tidbit. It was definitely nearing like fish level of people following around the band fish you're probably going to get a better show if you're following around chicago instead of fish yeah maybe fish in chicago are two different animals but yeah i get what you're saying there absolutely and she's been a chicago fan oh my gosh forever so i i must have played chicago many times for her although (laughs) the boss never knew it was for her so (laughs) that was a lot of fun thanks again Susie cerrone for doing that i guess that's it for this tweet huh gab Yeah, I think so. Everybody, make sure that you stay cool. You know, we'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. On the Encore Podcast, take care. Bye, guys. Bye.